0: Welcome back to The discernible Interviews, Discernableians. Today, we're talking with Rob McMullen, someone who I have discovered on that free speech platform, Twitter. Rob McMullen is a small business owner from, are you from the Gold Coast, Rob? Brisbane.
1: Brisbane. I'm a Gold
2: Coaster at
0: heart. (laughs) I think we all are. I loved it up there. Uh, he, he's joining us today because he was a uh, former candidate for the UAP in the federal election, uh, so he has a keen interest in politics. But most of all, I'd love to discuss with him ideas around uh, the culture of Australia. Who are we? What do we believe? What do we think? Where are we going? A big conversation I've been having with him on Twitter is freedom and responsibility. And what is that? What does it mean? So welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me, Rob.
2: Thanks for having me on, Matt. So it's good to talk uh, about the big stuff.
0: The big stuff. Rob, what is going on with Australia? Where where are we? What do we? How do we feel in general about the state of the nation?
2: Um, <laughs> how do we feel? I don't really think I can speak for a collective we. I think there's many different we's. There's many groups of different perspectives, um, and that's the that's probably the problem. Is I think one thing we can definitively say about the culture of Australia is all these different collective perspectives are almost at war with each other. There's not a lot of cooperation. There's not a lot of um, desire to meet in the middle on a lot of issues. Um, I think uh, what I said in that, that thread that piqued your interest was that we, we seem to want very radically different political systems to live under. Um, you know, we ran a campaign this year for federally under the word freedom, but it's lacking a definition, and everyone has their own definition of what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, I can keep talking if you want to butt in, though. Feel free.
0: Oh, no, I will. I'm. I'm just interested. I mean, the, what you already said was quite interesting about. Uh, you know, you pulled me up on saying we. It's interesting that the temptation for all of us is to we're human so we go for simple heuristics and, and and simple explanations for any any event whether it be an election or otherwise how how are we supposed to <clears throat> i mean you can't operate just with high resolution thinking we can't go around all day talking about well there are many views in in australia and everyone wants different things and you know we'll never get anything done at some point a leader has to Absolutely. come along and say no we've decided that as a community we're going to go this way on whatever issue it is and yet you're right. It doesn't truly represent the will of the people. Well, Right now in Australia, in the federal election and in the state elections around the place, not so much in Western Australia, but in other states, you're seeing a decline in the primary vote towards any party. And so now you have Albo on 32.58%. I think it was 33% people voted for him and, he, and he's, he's running the place. Uh, and then in Victoria, yeah. 37%. So what about the I'll other 60? Up.
2: Yeah, look, I'll open up with my perspective. Um and I think I, I tweeted this out as a response to Jordan Peterson Post or something, and I said, you know, they, these people always seem to talk to, for the collective good, but if there is a collective good, it is an emergent structure, an emergent property built on reciprocal win-win relationships between people who want different things or who may have different incentives. The collective good isn't about a top-down enforcement of one group's incentives at the expense of another's. And I think that's where we're at. That's I'm happy to definitively say that in the modern world, in modern Australia, there is uh, certain groups that have captured institutions of power and they're using those institutions to enforce their incentives onto other people at the cost of other people's incentives. So we're, we're not in a situation of generating as much reciprocal win-win as possible. We're in a lot of win-lose scenarios Um I always like to look at the science of personality and, and some psychological social science stuff as well. So when you break down um, those psychological um, foundations of how you know people's political associations work and things, it's not a surprise to me. It's not a surprise, but we are all trying to find unity when I actually don't think that we are as unified as we would like to think we are, mm. and that is expressing itself politically it's expressing itself even on a platform like Twitter you know Elon Musk can take a, I'm having a great time on Twitter now um, after not being shadow banned and actually tweeting and getting some responses and stuff it's pretty cool mm-hmm. um, but you can see that to give me that experience it's come at the expense of people who emotionally can't tolerate the debate mm-hmm. and they call it hate when it's disagreement because they don't Uh, they emotionally can't tolerate the social disagreement. They can't tolerate the idea that their views don't scale to the majority. Um, That makes them feel unsafe. And so, once again, you know, is there a win-win reciprocal position that we can achieve? Um, i like to think there are a few, um, but I don't see anyone in any institution of significant influence or power having any concept of that conversation, let alone, uh, let alone a will to find a reciprocal a solution. You know that was my problem during the COVID virus is that many people, you know, the, the pandemic and our government's response to it. As many people had differing cost benefit analyses of what was going on, um, but there was, you know, one narrative that that rose to the top and was in, able to institutionally dom- dominate all other people's. Uh, cost-benefit analyses or incentives um, and I think that's a problem because you know someone said to me once and I think it's true that politics you know let's just say you, you want to find unity or you call it politics or political agreement it's not about getting everything you want it's about trying to see if you can get enough of what you want to keep everybody happy and functioning <laughs> you know these overlapping kind of circle concentric circles where you go well in that goldilocks zone you know are we libertarian enough to keep the libertarians happy oh do we have enough culture to keep those people happy do we have enough progression and and openness to keep the lefties happy you know that sort of thing Mm. um i think more and more the answer is becoming no (laughs) i'd like to try and find that 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 zone um but yeah it seems like the the Especially wokeism—that's that's a big cancer. The the woke stuff, and I'll disambiguate it from just left wingers in general. It's like an extreme left winger. Um, they seem to have taken over, and they don't have much interest in finding that Goldilocks zone. Um, and I, th- well, they they think-
0: come from a different perspective. Like you've already just touched on that. Uh, I'm wondering if they see the world so differently when when they say they can't allow your hate speech to rise up because it's causing real harms and all this kind of stuff. I've always been an advocate for the left in the sense that they truly believe and mean what they say. And the right-wing response to the left saying, you're idiots, you're crazy, uh, even if even if they can empiric- d- empirically demonstrate that this particular policy is crazy or unworkable, the, the disregard for the left and what they believe and the positions that they hold true, um, truly hold. I think that's a problem because we're yelling at each other from a different worldview, different perspective, and we're not talking a- to each other.
2: Absolutely. I, I really do agree with what you're saying. Um, I think we can, we can work through that a little bit more, depending on how much time you've got. And Let's I think you know, we can uh, shed some light on what's happening there. Um, but look, pr- predominantly everything I'm saying is I'm talking to conservatives.
3: Mm.
2: I'm talking to conservatives because they're, everybody projects, Now, when the left say you're you're saying hate speech, and that's because they can't. I'm making generalizations, okay? You know, there are reasonable left wing people, and there are extreme left wing people. Um, So I'm talking about really extreme left wing people. They really seem to have an inability to disambiguate. True and false versus preferable or, or not preferable, oh, I, or I like or I don't like that. So, mm-hmm. because they speak emotionally, when you say something that makes them feel bad, they think that you would be doing that to psychologically harm another person. Because what you find right. is the left lives in a very social world, yes. um, whereas conservatives live more in an empirical world. You know, so you might say, "Well, no, the rules need to be this way." For talk about economics, and you say. What are the secondary effects? What are the externalities of any given policy? And Mm -hmm. usually left-wingers are blind to those things. And they're going to say, yeah, but I've got this care motive that needs to be fulfilled. And the conservatives are like, the left think when the conservatives talk about externalities, okay, or I'll put it a better way. Anything the left wants to do, a very, very common response from conservatives is, but what's the cost? (laughs) But what's the cost? Right. And and they keep doubling down on that. But what's the cost? You find that conservatives say that all the time. Yeah, but how are you going to pay for it? How are you going to pay for it? Um, I'm talking to conservatives, and that you're talking to conservatives. The conservatives project onto the left a care for the cost of things that isn't there, and the left wing is project on a conservatives an emotional motive that isn't there. You know, um, and that's because. You know, we can delve into the scientific basis for it, but if you get an extreme left-winger enough, they're going to be more and more blind to the question itself of what do things cost in the face of their care incentive or or emotionally what they need fulfilling. Does that make sense?
0: So can we – okay, so you're you're talking – you're comparing like conservative and then and lefties, like the left-right paradigm. And, of course, everyone's saying, oh, let's not use that spectrum anymore. Uh, let's look more towards, which I think is quite accurate, uh, a change towards more up-down authoritarian um, and libertarian perspective. Because I've noticed that mm. the conservatives, especially the religious ones, like the, the strong Christian kind of conservative right, wants to enforce or return to culture worldview and and principles of classical principles and cultures and worldviews that
3: Mm.
0: tend to enforce their worldview. The problem is they seem to be reaching for the same levels of power. So if we can, for example, they would say, if we can just get a classical uh, Christian-minded person into government, then they can punch back against all of this woke garbage and, in, and codify some good classical principles. But really, you're talking about what you said in the beginning, preferring your own incentives above others. And I feel like some of the right wing pushback against the work is just as authoritarian.
2: Mm, mm. So we'll say, I'll say it in the simplest way, and then we'll go to the more complicated way. Mm. <laughs> in my perspective, anyway, you know, like, um, I think ultimately, there needs to be a cooperation between left and right. There needs to be a cooperation between sensible left and sensible right, center left, center right. Mm-hmm. And so I went into the and, and then and then let's let's get a lot more complicated after that. That'd be great. But I went into the election and I was talking, so you know, you have a lot of opportunities to talk to people. And yeah. so I presented a little working um, uh, concept of a little political concept. and and, like I said, I do think, the left right thing is is very valid and I'll explain why um left wing caretaking versus right wing capitalizing
3: okay
2: so you know you, it is the very obvious stuff where you find the conservatives um i'm talking about reasonable like center left center right so in a center-left person is always looking like for caretaking. Uh, this person is disadvantaged, we need a caretaker, but these people uh, need a leg up, we need a caretaker, we need a social safety net, we need this, we need to help young people develop, blah, 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 blah. A lot of caretaking policies. Um, center conservative people are always talking about the cost of things and we want the economic health and also. And when even when it comes down to things like marriage, that is a social capitalizing um, idea because what you find is that marriage uh, you know developed to be the optimal cooperation between masculine and feminine strategies into mm. an optimal and efficient division of labor for the you know bearing and resource provision of of children and families and that's why you know a lot of conservatives don't have that language because conservatives don't innately have the same verbal ability that left wingers do <laughs> but they but that's what they feel and so when you start attacking marriage it's actually a a um it's hurting the capitalizing structure that they feel, you know, that so what I was saying is if you actually start caretaking at the expense of capitalizing, yeah. the negative emotion gets that gets triggered in centre conservatives is that the polity starts becoming less competitive. We start losing those capitalizing structures, whether we're talking about financial capital or we're talking about social capital or all sorts of things. Yeah. You know, I just mean capital, store of wealth, store of yeah. things able to get done in any realm. Yeah. Um, so. You know, the left wingers want to caretake at the expense of capitalizing it, and we start feeling that we're losing those structures of wealth creation. You know, Um, or they they get degraded, and we become less competitive as as a society. You know, Um, you'll find that it's only conservative people that'll say, "Yeah, your country could go broke, um, but China will take over us," or some some you know, Mm. it'll it'll only be conservatives that'll that will make a reference to an international balance of power Mm. and and the reciprocity that that maintains that left wingers don't have any concept of that they think the world's all sunshine and roses and if we we were to you know um spend ourselves into being a organic hippie commune that mm. everyone would just leave us alone because of their moral purity
0: <laughs> so and we know of course uh, that that's not the case you get steamrolled no, if you do that
2: absolutely well yeah they're anti empirical like that um and so um and like i said this is will say that you know, I mean, left wingers will say, you know, well, this guy seems like he doesn't like us. You know, I want the best for everybody. I just mean, keep saying that. I think cooperation. I want them to be happy. I want them yeah. to, to, and I think conservatives would do do well to actually say, look, I want you to have everything that you yeah. want, but only some of it's possible, and we're doing our best. So you um, know, that's a you very know what I mean? different.
0: You just frame that sentence there very differently to what we see. You're idiots. Yes. You don't know what it will cost. Yeah,
2: Well, that's right, because conservatives are projecting the fact to which they're blind. They're both projecting their, their emotional biases on the other. They're projecting the fact that, you know, if, if you have a conservative and say, well, if, if we did this, China or Russia or whoever international boogeyman you choose to, mm. to use at the time, I'm not saying that they're not actually dangerous, but, you know, just for mm. the sake of the argument. Mm. Um, if you say that sort of stuff, oh, sorry, where did we go? You're back. Oh, there you are. I'm back. I was just trying to brighten my screen a little bit. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, so when, when, when lefties don't take that into account or ignore it or say, oh, you just must be an idiot for saying that, they think mm-hmm. that conservatives think that they have the same capacity to see that reciprocity and that balance of power at scale, but they don't. Mm-hmm. They don't. Um, they, they think more locally. They think more interpersonally. They think more empathetically. And empathy is at the level of the interpersonal, between individuals. It's not It's not a huge um, distribution at scale thinking. And so they get angry. They get angry because they're like, well, how can you discount this thing? You must be stupid. You must be wishing for our destruction. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and then and on the reverse, um, left-wingers project emotional bases for an argument that isn't there. So they say, well, the only reason you'd want to withhold these resources from X needy group is because you hate them. And you're like, yeah, but no, conservatives would be like, no, I'm actually just thinking of the secondary effects and you might give to one X needy group, but to do that, you're going to anti-capitalize, say, you know, job creation, whatever, and that's going to affect other groups. So we actually have to balance off different values there, but they're, you know, so, but they implant an emotional basis. And that's why they call everything. They don't like hate speech because they think more empathetically. Um, so Mark, I'm rushing ahead too much. I feel like I feel like you're describing a
0: uh, dysfunctional marriage where there are two very <laughs> important views and perspectives and roles that should be yes. working in cooperation, but they're not.
2: Yeah, I think we are in a dysfunctional marriage with with politically at the moment. Yeah, politically. You know, I look. My temperament's. Uh, I'm I'm a family man. I'm a small business owner. So I'm very conservative. You know but I doesn't mean I can't think outside what I am and just sort of see the bigger picture. Yeah. And, and I do think that we, you know, you're right, it's a dysfunctional marriage. We need to be able to really talk through each other's um, incentives and, and try and find a win-win if it's possible. And just like, just like a dysfunctional marriage, if there is no lap overlapping incentives, Maybe the best thing you can do is separate. <laughs> now,
0: what does that mean though? How do like secession? Like we are so intermingled right. now, right? Geography plays less of a role in terms of secession could, and, and political.
2: Could I, because I'm a little bit I'm not really, I'm a little bit um autistic about I left I left the tangent halfway there, a little, little tangent halfway sure. developed. Do you mind if I finish Complaint it off? It. Yes. Yeah. Um so we're talking about if if the left wings want to Caretake, uh, it's yes. it's tilted. I've got to go the other way, so this is your left, isn't it? So, yes. yes, yes, yes. If we caretake, then the capitalization goes down, yeah, of the right. And, yeah. and the, the, the negative feeling in the conservatives is that we're becoming less competitive and we lose those, yeah. those systems of capitalization. But the reciprocal is if we capitalize at the expense of caretaking, yes, the negative. Emotion that gets triggered in the lefties is that people start getting left behind. Yes, and they can't emotionally tolerate that. It, it it's um, that is a huge emotional pain for them is to see people getting left behind because they're caretakers. <laughs> um, and so once again, I I, I brought it to as like a little triangle. You know, we have caretaking. Sorry getting capitalizing and cooperation yeah <laughs> the up yeah. the upward momentum being the progression that we actually want that progressing into a better better future like i said an emergent structure based on reciprocal cooperative relationships if there is a greater good it is a a structure that emerges from cooperation not a top-down enforcement of one group at the expense of another
0: yeah, but now see, immediately what you're saying is not possible in what we're seeing rolled out around the w- Western world. Uh, mm. Emergent no. cooperation is not how they're getting the, their caretaking done. No, that's
2: right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That is actually right. So the left, and this is why I'm not talking to the left, I'm talking to the conservatives, because what I want to do, now I've been thinking about this, you can't talk talk to the left. Not only when, because we use systematic arguments and they're blind to those to, to varying degrees or they just don't even care. It doesn't really hit home for them. You know, the, what's the cost of anything? They go, hmm. the cost of things don't matter compared to X needy group needing to be caretaking. Like it just doesn't emotionally hit home for them. They don't have the emotional biases to really latch on to systematic arguments. Mm. Um. And also, because they are in positions of power, they don't need to care. Um, oh, yes. There's no incentive for them to care. So who's who's that, uh, I can't remember that guy, he's that trust fund douchebag who always has the, the photos with all the girls on the boats. Oh, yeah. No, not he's not um, trust
0: fund. You're thinking about the poker guy, Dan Bilzerian. No,
2: yes, yeah.
0: Is he a trust fund I thought he got all of his money from poker and he's private d- jets. And
2: I don't know. I just, anyway. I don't know. I thought he was trust fund guy who went to the okay. army and then made more in poker, but, it was, but okay, cool. I think someone was saying that and it's irrelevant. Yep. The what point is, the point is, look at him as a case study. Imagine going to that guy and you're like, mate, I, I'm sure it's all just for show. It's just on snaps Instagram. and he pays all these girls to come in and you know, he's 100 bucks to lay on the bed, pretend like he just woke up and you're lingerie <laughs> and there's 10 of them in this giant bed or whatever. Mm. But just say that's actually the, the truth. And you said to him, mate, do you know what? Here's the value of, of, of being a one woman man and raising a couple of kids and, and moral chastity and, no. you know, it's not going to fly. Why? Because it's just the incentive. for He's already fulfilling his strategy to such a, a ridiculous degree. The lights on the brain for that, that runaway hyper male strategy mm-hmm. of the harem is just all just lighting up that, that mm-hmm. your rationalist or moralist arguments just not going to compete. That's right. And and now that the left have institutions of power and they've got the institutions of government, they're in the exact same situation. So are, there are. So, there the exact- a,
0: there a, so the, he's after hedonism, the will to pleasure, Sigmund Freud's will to pleasure. But they've got <laughs> more of the will to power. They own the power structures. There's no incentive for them to, to do what you're talking about. They can just lean more into the authoritarian style.
2: Okay, I, it was just a funny analogy. I thought to just say when they've already fulfilling their strategy so thoroughly, your argument's not going to hold water against them. You know what I mean? I and so another example. And that's, that's not the second reason. Not only are they blind, but also they don't need to listen to you because they've already got the levers of power. And so right. a good example of this was Gina Reinhart. Gina right. Reinhardt obviously would be a highly capitalizing minded person. Yes. Um, she, she said, well, I demand reciprocity you can't take my money if you won't display my logo. You can't take my money and then pretend like you're not taking my, that that violates mm-hmm. reciprocity. So mm-hmm. what she wanted, and which I think is that is the word that conservatives need to really lean into is reciprocity. Um, and she demanded reciprocity. And so what happened is um, she pulled her funding and then Dan Andrews could stand and say, cool, well, we'll just get the taxpayer to fund it. Because they've got the levers of money printing and the levers of government, and that's exactly Mm. like you know one of the girls going to Dan Bilzerian and saying, "I demand, I demand exclusivity," and he's like, "Oh yeah, cool story." Yeah. (laughs) Um. So I'm just saying that that's that's thinking through that. That's why I don't find a lot of value in actually talking to the left. I, I, you know, I mean, I've done it for a lot of years, and you can get interpersonally, yes, but at scale, no, because of those two reasons they're blind and they don't need to listen to you because they're already they've already got the power to, to steamroll you. So what I'm wondering is a better um, strategy is to actually try and embolden conservatives, to embolden conservatives for their next step in the arms race between these two strategies, not so that they can dominate, but so that they can actually be strong enough to bring the left back into cooperation. So that can actually be a bulwark against the left strategy to say, all right, well, we have some power. We want to try and stop you. You know what I mean? Not not to to force a positive on them, but at least the power to stop a negative happening to, to us and to hopefully create an incentive to sit down and say, all right. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: How do you do that except to grab some levers of power and use the same
2: climate? Oh, that's the- exactly what you have to do.
0: Okay. So win some elections and...
2: Yeah. Look, um, it's, it's nice to be able to analyse things and talk about how they are and understand them, and and I've done that for a lot of years. Um, I find it fulfilling to understand and be able to, to talk about things, but the realisation this year after having gone through an election is that, yes. no, that it's not enough. It's, you know, we can have these shows, and I, I hope that other people who listen to this might get, I mean, the reason I talk about politics is I I hope to give, you know, some good ideas to other people who share my, my values um, and just, you know, to embolden them a little bit in some ways, but ultimately, yes. Like you can't moralize with people who had a whole postmodernist movement who said it's about power. It's like, you know, it's like a guy, I love analogies in case you didn't know, (laughs) in case you couldn't tell. It's like a guy, but you know, um, invading your home saying i'm going to take your stuff and hurt you and you're like but don't you know that's wrong it's like Hmm. you know what i mean it's if he's going to treat it like power you need defensive power and i think conservatives need defensive power now the problem i have with a lot of conservative leadership is because they you know prior to 30 40 years whatever left them in doing their thing successfully um you know even 20 years ago you had oh yeah, even 20 years ago you had Bush in the, in the States and the conservatives were a stronger voice and we've really just lost that over the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, they've grown accustomed to the money, I think, and they're part of the establishment and that's, that's the, com- the common, common commentary on conservatives who have power, who have some money, who have some influence, is that they're just happy losing within the system. Yes, and uh, I watched a few takes from the recent CPAC conference, and I saw Tony Abbott. You know, look, I'm sure Tony Abbott's a great guy, uh, interpersonally, but he, you know, he he did say, "I don't understand the modern world. I don't understand what these people are doing. I don't understand what it's all about. W- what is this thing about pronouns? I I have no idea." And so you get the older <laughs> boomer servitives, yeah, and they, yeah, and they just can't comprehend the silliness they can't comprehend well i can comprehend it i can explain Mm. it and so i'm hoping to explain it not because i personally have any money or power um, to really affect change but but you know if i can explain it out there to somebody or to a few people who maybe can do a bit of an elon musk and be like okay somebody needs to take responsibility for this structure you know that's that's what i'm hoping to achieve at some scale so um, how do
0: you talk to the left then? Uh, consider, Okay, so the goal you've just outlined is to take back some defensive power and then force them to have incentives to negotiate. But how do you do that? Because if you consider the Australian, not just the electorate, the thing I noticed from the elections all around the country in the last five that the Liberals have lost is that they're not losing because they the woke left argument is winning in the swinging middle, which determines elections. There's almost a disconnect where the people in the middle are more concerned about their lives and just leave me alone. And they'll, they're, they're kind of sleepy and allowing those who are more passionate, the woke left uh, or the progressive caring left, shall we say, um, to to push their agenda, grab the levers of power, as long as it doesn't affect me and my, my mortgage and whatever too much. And so I, I I don't think that giving a lot of strength to a strong conservative backlash is necessarily going to fix it because the people in the middle are more susceptible to free this or free that, or the left are winning that argument with the middle.
2: It may well be the case that politically there's no solution. Um, you know I've had to begrudgingly get to that realization it may be the case Um, and a lot of people say that but you know i'm going to do my best in in the time you know the time that i have to to you know put forward what i think is is right and, and good thinking and and see you know so there's definitely no guarantees you know i'm sorry to say that it's probably a bit anticlimactic for people because you know people love hearing people talk about stuff and thinking there's a way forward you know maybe there's not but um and it may be that the, the extreme left is more, their strategy is maybe not preferable, but tolerable to, tolerable, tolerable to the yes. centre-left. Yes. And so they give it a free pass, and, and mm. the same could be on the other side. You know, I actually, look, I do think, the, okay, I see a lot of the ways in which I, which conservatives fail, and they are so easily fixable, they are so easily fixable and that's why I'm motivated to try and to, you know, put some things out there. They are so easily fixable. And I think one of the things is to really take seriously the idea that the left are such, um, especially the extremists, they're so system blind. They're system blind caretakers to the point that systematic arguments don't work. How do you speak to them? You know, it's really interesting um, I've been thinking, you know, because there's welcome to countries everywhere. Yes. There's welcome to countries everywhere. And I'm just thinking, what is the purpose of this? Because for me, as more of a systematic thinker, I'm like, well, is anyone going to give up anything tangible, you no, know, to give back no, this country? No. None, so of them what's, will. no, none of them will. So, what is the purpose?
0: It's feel good, mate. It feels really good.
2: And Today. this is the clue. It's it's mm. emotional validation. Mm. That's how you speak to the left. You know, they say we want inclusivity, so mm. make them feel included. They say, you know, so, you know, in conservatives, um, I think the language would be improved if you said, look, you know, e- even with the degree of humouring. <laughs> but actually, no, not even humouring because I genuinely... You know, every conservative person goes. Look, I would love it if everyone in the world had everything, but there's just a little niggling problem of the laws of nature to worry about, the laws of reality itself, and you know, and that scarcity is a law of Mm. of reality, and we can't just get get over that. (laughs) So, but emotional validation, I think, is um, a really important thing. You know, if you actually said to a lot of people you're talking about, you say, "Look, I actually really understand." And, and, and I would like conservatives to try and understand that people being left behind is emotional pain for extreme lefties. Um, lack of social consensus is emotional pain. So when they say you're, you're doing hate speech, they're saying, you know, what you're saying is painful to me, emotionally painful. So you could actually work that the other way and say, well, look, I really get it. I really get it. It's just not possible. You know, I'm sorry. We'll do our best. We'll do our best. We'll get back to you. But yeah, you but can. No, either- hang
0: on. You can't because then you'll have Anastasia Palachet comes along and says, or Daniel Andrew says, No, we can do both. You don't have to choose between hospitals and the the train line. We can have both. And now the people hmm. who we're talking about, the target audience, of course they're going to they're like children. Of course they're going to believe the parent, the dad who says you can have lollies and ice cream. Of yeah.
2: course from a position of power you could do that
0: now have force so you say if the conservatives are in a position of power
2: um, yeah at, at least a position of power to to act as a stopgap against what they're doing or even a position of um, you know just an equal position of power in some institutions you know what I mean where mm. you have them um Speaking with emotional validation from a position of power, I think, would work.
0: How do you get to be in that position of power in order to deploy that strategy, though? Because I'm wondering if, I mean, let's go deeper into what makes the left that way, right? And we talked a little bit about this online about the, I yeah. think, the diffusion of responsibility, the diffusion of identity, the diffusion of of goals and everything into a group as opposed to an individual.
2: Yeah. So um, the, there's a lot of people, look, these things have been out there for a long time, but the latest person was really delving deep into the academic roots of Marxists is, is James Lindsay. And before I come mm. back to the actual clip I posted, which really should be listened to, I will say, I will disambiguate um, the work Marxists from the centre-left. I think the centre-left, who are worth cooperating with, are the people who say, look, these people are being left behind. We want to we want to look after them to some degree. We want a social safety net. We want to leg up for people. We want all these sort of things. Okay, cool. You don't want people just left behind because the reality about people is that we're actually, there's a huge spectrum. There's a huge spectrum. Where we're actually not all equal. We should be equal under the law, mm. but equal under the law is all essentially starting at the same you know, starting starting block and, and the left can't tolerate the the inequality that results from that. And so they make up all these stories to try and equalize the quality of outcome. Mm. Um, but it's, it's just because emotionally they can't tolerate inequality, um, especially, you know, there was the f- uh, philosopher Rousseau that made the point, um, I think it was Rousseau, I think, I think so, was saying that runaway inequality is inherent in a modern society. Mm. You know, if you have a more primitive society, um you know you might get a few alpha physically alpha people or whatever and they might physically dominate or be the fastest hunter or whatever blah, blah 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 but say if you i don't know say if you get a big alpha gorilla yeah he's stronger than every other individual gorilla but two three four other you know gorillas yes. are going to yep. be able to overpower him so his yes. his inequality of power is not going to be Greater than three or four times another individual. Yes. Whereas if you actually have a modern functioning society, um, you do get runaway um, logarithmic inequality of of money and power. Yes. yes. And so, and that's what they can't tolerate. And so, once again, a sensible, a sensible centre left person is like, we just want to look after people. But I draw the line at the woke Marxism because the woke Marxism, I think, ma- look Marxism, so the sake of this discussion i'll define it as um whenever you see an inequality you you you're putting forward this theory that it's the result of being oppressed right instead of just the natural inequality of people so a a reasonable lefty will say okay if people aren't people aren't equal and but you know i want to help these people i want there to be safe in it fine but the woke the woke come along and say that inequality is is um is oppression Mm -hmm. and so i'm i have the right to undo this oppression by via oppressing you (laughs) you know your wealth is stolen so i'm going to steal it back that's that's absolute toxic cancer um and it would be interesting to see how many of the center left are willing to fight back against that because it's it's not true it's a religious cult um and that, that's what, get back to James Lindsay, that's what he was saying is. So we'll watch this clip. So
0: set it up for us. What are we going to see in this clip?
2: Oh, you've got it from the Twitter? Well, he's talking about, um, I think, a airy paper talking about the revolution against inequality and taking root in the bio, biological structures
1: of, of man or, or woman, you know, itself. Uh, maybe watch the clip and I'll explain it. That's us roll. I do want to point out though that this has a long trajectory. You know, I like to do the historical thing. So let's read what Marcuse was talking about. This is what SEL is designed to facilitate. It took him a long time to get to it. This is an essay on liberation written in 1969. This is the part about the biological foundation for socialism. It's a couple of paragraphs. The advent, he says, of a free society would be characterized by the fact that the growth of well-being turns into an essentially new quality of life. <laughs> Such a change would constitute the instinctual basis for freedom which the long history of class society has blocked. Freedom would become the environment of an organism which is no longer capable of adapting to the competitive performances required for well-being under domination. What did I tell you? The point of critical theory is to make it so that people who have fallen into its trap cannot adapt to a competition-driven environment. They have to be in a culture of dependency. They have to be taken care of. They don't know how to live in a world that doesn't service them. It's for inducing the psychological profile of somebody who doesn't know how to be an adult, who is psychologically and emotionally broken. Of an organism which is no longer capable of tolerating the aggressiveness, brutality, and ugliness of the established way of life. The rebellion would then have taken root in the very nature, the biology of the individual. And on these new grounds, the rebels would redefine the objectives and the strategy of the political struggle in which alone the concrete goals of liberation can be determined. So what did we
0: just watch there, Rob?
1: So he was talking about the
2: revolution being freedom from the laws of nature, freedom from the law of scarcity itself, freedom from inequality. And so what he was saying there is that freedom will be the environment of an organism that can't survive in a competitive environment. That's your really extreme extreme left Marxist thing is, is the, surviving in a competitive environment at all was mostly painful for them.
0: This is exactly and, what we're seeing. Sorry to interrupt just on Twitter. That's sure. the main problem right now. It's more competitive now and they yeah. hacked it. That's why we're fighting for. We need more censorship. Um, we need to stop misinformation or disinformation. They are thinly veiled uh, attempts to prevent competition.
2: Absolutely, because they, like I said, it's emotionally painful for them. Now, the right should understand that they're more empathetically brained. You know, let's go into that in a little bit. But don't project, don't project things onto them that aren't there. They just emotionally can't tolerate it. They, they, they like they emotionally like societal consensus, social consensus mm. um, and they go for yeah and, and it's a really interesting thing to to think about the intersection between that and their own self-interest because they do express their own hierarchical self interest but they yes. do it indirectly they do it right. indirectly they, they like to maintain um, a facade of, of social cohesion, whilst mm. their own self-interest sort of uh, swims under the surface, so to speak. Mm. But James James is putting forward the idea that the, the woke thing it is another revolution of religion, and it is. Yeah. Um, and so, it I think there was a, there was a case in the states where they the uh, the Supreme Court you know decades ago re, um, ruled that Marxism. Communism wasn't a religion, but it is. Uh, in the same way that it's offering, um, it is offering a false promise of freedom from laws of nature, and the, the laws of nature that they want is laws of of scarcity and competition, and the resulting evolution of that.
0: It, how realistic is this though? Because Star Trek, this is the premise of Star Trek. That fun series It's the opposite premise of Star Wars, really, right? So in Star Trek, scarcity is a thing of the past, and humanity has conquered nature. And if you look around our history, that is there's a lot of truth to that in the fact that we have conquered nature. And so my question would would be to you next would it. Is it in any way possible for for the woke left to actually use our technology and our progress that we've achieved as human species to create this post scarcity world, and maybe not completely destroy laws of of scarcity like what you, laws of nature that you've described, but certainly live oblivious to them well enough.
2: Well. I'm so glad you asked <laughs> because let's, let's throw another little thing in the mix there. You would think that they would have that opinion these days. Um, you know, I'm talking to you on the, on a device that I can buy for a thousand bucks and um, talk to anyone in the world. You know, I couldn't afford to fly down to see you in Melbourne today, but I can go on my iPhone and talk to you. So look, uh, suffice it to say, you know, I, I came from a, quite a disadvantaged background um, in a lot of ways and I've managed to work myself up into being just a successful small business owner, a beautiful wife, couple of kids, um, you know, and a life I'm very happy with, you know. Mm. So for me, I think we, I look around and largely see a pretty post-scarcity world anyway, but why, mm. so why in this post-scarcity world are they more worried about it than ever before? Mm. Uh, well, A, because they've got the institutional power, but why, why? Well, and th- this is another thing. I will attack this argument from um, conservatives. They'll say, "Well, a rising tide lifts all boats." Sorry, mm-hmm. boomer conservative, love you, but <laughs> um, you you you've not really hitting the mark there because a rising tide may lift all boats, but they the the really woke Marxists are uh, are also primarily concerned about inequality of status. Yes. And no matter what human beings do in the material enrichment, there's always an inequality of status.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And what that means, I've used this analogy before, what that means is that we could star trek our way all into being rich enough that every person lived on their own island mm-hmm. and they would still be railing against the guy that could afford two. Yes. It's <laughs> so true. It never ends. No, because it's an inequality of status.
0: This is different from what you started with, with the caretaking impulse, which is there. We're talking about morphing more towards the more extreme work left where there's something else going on. And when you talk about uh, beneath the surface of this caretaking, it's not just a facade, there's a genuineness to it, but the caretaking overlay beneath is a very strong desire to compete Mm -hmm. and win in a hierarchy. But it's like all humans have this ape-like need to compete in a hierarchy, but they just- are more deceptive about it they cloak it that's in right. virtue
2: that's right so you know we can talk there's just many different factions there's many different things going on at play here and like i said there are reasonable uh lefties who say we want some caretaking we want there's the unreasonable woke marxists who say well the fact that this person isn't equal to you is because you're oppressing them because i want freedom from the laws of nature and as as always with marxists it's it's also a power strategy it's It's forming these strategies into a a Machiavellian strategy for their own power so that they can compete in the status hierarchy by overturning it, by flipping it. So
0: this is largely uh, hidden from the the, the middle – Average Australian that we talked about the sleepy just getting along with their lives right. Oh, this, this is
2: this is pretty intellectual, yeah, and it's yes. it takes a long time to get into it, and really, um, you know, I mean, I, I've spent a lot of time going through this up to the point where I can wake up, have a coffee, and just sort of rail it off, like it. And you know, I, I'm unique in. Uh, so Jordan Peterson was saying today. I was just listening as a warm up to this. I was listening to his uh, interview with Rita Panahi, I think, and he was saying that. that yet, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just good- this just came out. Um, well, yeah. I only got the first 10 minutes, but he was saying right. that conservatives um, may feel, like say you attack marriage and they go, yeah. well, that's how it is. And conservatives may get a feeling. Like I said, it's the anti-capitalization negative feeling. Um, but they, they, they will feel that marriage is, a, is an institution, an optimal institution worth preserving, but they can't articulate it because the conservatives are, they don't have the same verbal ability as the left. They don't. Yes. But they have, but the but thinking and speaking aren't the same thing,
1: yes,
0: yes.
2: Um, so they, they've got more uh, systematic thinking, but they don't have the verbal uh ability, the quickness. Yes. Um, and so I'm unique in that I, I think I've cultivated a fair degree of verbosity, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I and I try to articulate these things, and so once again, trying to get. Conservatives say, "Well, you know, here here are some arguments to fortify your position. That's a goal."
0: And, okay, and is 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 revealing, revealing the what we're talking about, lifting the cover, moving, the, pulling the curtain back on the Wizard of Oz. Is that a worthwhile strategy for conservatives yeah. to use?
2: Um, mm. Well, because they're trying it. The-
0: yeah, that's this is my my question really is: Do we just play the game and dem- like many liberal parties around the country today in Australia, right wing parties are trying to just compete on whether it be climate change or or the caring motive, the the caretaker thing, and say we're actually more caring, and they're not they're not very good at doing it, as you know, the left are, are better at that, but they're they're, they're doing that rather than um, pulling the curtain back and saying, no, look, it's all corrupt that. The, uh, um, intellectually corrupt they're just competing on the same virtue signaling type of thing so which way do you go
2: um well a i don't know but i can we can explore some possibilities mm. um you know my thinking is it's worth trying everything and seeing what sticks
3: <laughs> you know, mm.
2: because nobody knows so create a market of strategies and and then where you find returns double down on them um and I don't think anybody knows, but just try stuff, see what happens. But look, mm. pointing out that they're hypocrites doesn't seem to work. That's right. Because once again, they are—they're the extreme, extreme lefties are a religion. I I literally, literally think that they are an evolution of religion. I think it's not a surprise that we got rid of Christianity, mm. and all and those instincts that it that it serviced went and found another outlet. Like I this literally, is not, this
0: th- is this is not you know this is Frederick Nietzsche saying God is dead and who shall he we replace him with? He knew oh, absolutely, he knew absolutely,
2: this was, yeah. absolutely. Um, it's so it's literally, literally the evolution of religion, and so do do what's happening is that. Um, they're generating their own elites and they don't mind if their elites have power, have hierarchical mm. power, as long as their elites are giving lip service to their strategy. Mm. So in the same way that, you, you know, you could say to a religious person, okay, well, um, say, so, you know, this guy, I don't know, look at this faith-healing Joel Osteen or whatever, mm. you know, charlatan, but, but the reason his followers don't care mm. or care to a very, very limited degree is because he makes them feel good.
0: It's <laughs> a religious, yeah, yeah, adherence. So, yeah.
2: so you, you can point out all. Or I think there's a thing in in the electorate that I um I competed in. It was the Greens. I think she's a senator, and she's driving around in a Porsche K N. <laughs> you know, Porsche K N dropping off Greens uh, Nobody cares. Flute signs. Yeah. Nobody cares because she's their guy. <laughs> she's their elite, who's mm. who's forwarding their strategy and making them feel good. So pointing out that the hypocrites are. I don't think it works. Once again, at scale, I don't think it works at scale. Mm. Um, because they you, you know, yeah, I've I've even had like young lefties say, Well, you know, I want I want a thing like Star Trek. I'm like, does anyone know how to make that happen? No, but that's what I want. I just yeah. I just want to feel like we're we're going there, you know. And but, so you know, in
0: that hang on, that in Star Trek, if you you know I've what I loved it, I, loved it. I loved, watched the whole thing. Not the new movies, the classic series. And within it is very and Whoopi Goldberg is there. They're all competing in hierarchies within Star Trek and status yeah. and all that is yeah. all there.
2: Yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, I mean, but that's the thing. Are we coming up against that systematic barrier where they 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 they're going to be blind to that as an argument? It to, to, you know because if, if James Lindsay can post a video saying like I'm reading these academic papers and what they actually want is social construct what they're doing is social construction what collective wishful thinking that they can you know chant themselves into a reality free of the laws of nature
3: mm.
2: is it going to work on somebody like that to say yeah but it's you know look at you can't get rid of hierarchy you know mm. Um, and, but, you know, I think maybe for, um, for reasonable lefties, they're just like, yeah, but I don't want the elites of the conservative structure to have too much power and leave people behind. Mm. So they don't mind their, they don't mind caretaking elites, um, because, because they're elites of that strategy, but I don't think they want elites who don't forward that strategy, if you know what I mean. So, um yeah, I, I just think that they wanted their morality at play and, and there's going to be hierarchy there because you can't escape it, you know, to the, to the degree that you'd actually have a conversation about this, I think that's what they'd say. You know, so they, what happened with the Occupy Wall Street is they're worried about these bankers who are just like, well, we're capitalists, make money, sink or swim, buy. <laughs> that was um, unconscionable to them, intolerable. Yes. Yes. But what that's been replaced with is caretaking um, caretaking capitalists you know so woke capital where they're like yeah you know um, and, and what's funny is that the a lot of the uh, the woke are actually preferring that because so it's it's a funny argument when they say oh um, if your small business can't survive paying a living wage then maybe it doesn't serve to survive and this is a funny thing because I'm a huge proponent of small business because for me it was the way out of disadvantage and into self-sufficiency, which Mm. lights up my brain and makes me feel good about myself, you know. Mm. Um, But it's funny to see them arguing against small business and saying, I don't mind if small businesses go under and all that capital accumulates in the huge corporations because that huge corporation is going to look after me like a surf. Right. And that's more, you know, so where the big corporations in the past were kind of like, well, sink or swim, you get, you get Twitter and you get Google and all these things where I can go and have my latte and we got a yeah. prayer room, a meditation room at lunch. So
0: I should show that video, right? Can I interrupt? I'll show the video yeah. of a, a life in the Twitter life, yes. a day in the life of a Twitter employee. This is pre-Elon Musk coming in and cleaning all this out have a look.
4: Welcome to a day in my life as a Twitter employee. So this past week went to SF for the first time at a Twitter office, badged in, honestly took a moment to just soak everything in. What a blessing. Also started my morning off with an iced matcha from the perch. Then I had a meeting, so quickly scheduled one of these little pods rooms which were so cool they're literally noise cancelling took my meeting got ready for a bunch look how delicious this food looks oh my goodness i was so overwhelmed Then made my way down to this log cabin area. I don't know what this is, but it was really cool. Played some foosball with my friends to kind of unwind a bit. Um, Also found this really cool meditation room that I thought was super neat. Um, I didn't do any yoga, but they have this yoga room if you are a yogi. So also thought that was really cool. Um, Had a couple more meetings in the afternoon. Had a ton of projects that we needed to knock out. Say hi to my teammates um went to the went to the library to kind of get some more work done obviously had to have our afternoon coffee so made some espresso and then before leaving for the day had some red wine um that's on tap went up to the rooftop and just honestly enjoyed the beautiful weather so awesome trip
2: that
0: is incredible rob that is a stressful day
2: <laughs> exactly but what what you're seeing there is is the capitalist elite providing emotional validation mm. um, and, and caretaking to the employee beyond, well, provide me value and you get your market rate. Right. You know what I mean? It's it just has this extra dimension of caretaking, mm. of or they'll say holistic, which means you know inclusive of my emotions. <laughs> That's what that means. Um, um yeah, and so it's funny to see them actually prefer that, but that's because those are elites that that forward their strategy or at least give lip service to their strategy and make them feel good.
0: So work corporatism, you're saying, uh, okay, so go work, go broke is the thing that the conservatives say in the Daily Wire and all that. They point out whenever that fails. But what I'm hearing from you is perhaps that is more likely to, succeed in in some ways like it's not such a bad idea for nike and and oracle to be completely hypocritical and just do a whole bunch of virtue signaling it's good
2: um um
0: i don't have any data in front of me but i'm wondering if if ben shapiro and friends are presenting a skewed narrative maybe there are companies that are doing better financially because they're signaling
2: i think they're different strategies so what i was saying is if you say to somebody, say if you're in a you know, position of power and, and like the conservative is in a position of power and you say the lefty is like, okay, I want this. And you're like, sorry, there's no way in the budget that we can do that without hurting this. You know, emotional validation saying, I really understand where you're coming from and I appreciate your feelings about this and I appreciate what you want. Unfortunately, we're doing our best. I really hope we work towards that in the future. It's just not possible now. That is completely different from Calvin Klein saying, well, we're going to use obese transgender people as our models. Mm. Because one of them, uh, the other, the second one is a consumption. It is, it is a structure of capitalizing structures through time, which is going to create a downward trend. The problem is if, as always happens, you know people adapt to the environments they're in, and if the environment they're in um, is offering a lot of dependence, then through time you're going to subsidize that and get more of it. and then you're going to see the downward spiral of the competitiveness of your society and so uh, so so actually doing it and emotionally validating their wants they're different things, I think.
0: It's funny though, the, the strategies you're describing are good for conservatives who are in a position of power, but don't give away to get to that power. So when you talk about the woke companies, uh, Virtue Signal, like they will support gay pride, Oracle will support gay pride in the East, but will definitely won't support it at Oracle Saudi Arabia on their LinkedIn profile. No, now, th- no. they are in a competitive market. They do not have the position to do what you're saying. Because if they don't, um, Virtue Signal, then the, the, audience can go to one of their competitors
2: so i think um there are people as elon musk has proven there are Mm. people in a position of power so when i'm talking about you or me no we all we Mm. can do is talk and Mm. live our lives and there there is some degree of social organization um from the ground up which would be worthwhile and there are people who are working on that you know the, the whole sort of people that came out after the COVID fiasco, you know, that we should organise to the best degree that we can, but we need elites. And Elon Musk has put himself up as a, mm-hmm. a centre conservative elite and we mm-hmm. should support him in any way we can. And so that mm-hmm. once again, there's always a stable hierarchy between the leaders and the, and the people they're leading. Um, it, it depends at which scale you're capa- you're capable of taking responsibility. So, what capacity can you and I take responsibility? Well, I can, I can be responsible for the health of my society and the politics of my society by doing this with you, mm-hmm. um, by doing what I can in my small business, by you know in whatever sphere I'm capable, mm-hmm. I do. Now, um, people who are elites, you know, I mean, I hats off to Clive Palmer. The guy who took a lot mm-hmm. of responsibility. I really, really appreciate. You know, I don't know Clive personally, but you know, we we had a lot of interactions during the campaign, and I think it's admirable that he put his own money up to actually get on the TV and say to people, "Your mortgage is going to go up," (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they did, and they did. You know, and um, the I and all thing is a brilliant policy. You know, let's um, so more capacity to take responsibility; therefore, take a larger responsibility. Um, there are people that can do that. They absolutely can do that. It's just going to cost them. <laughs> it's just going to cost them. And, and this- it's
0: easier to live here, yeah, like you said, just within the power structure and shut up. Or well, the money. Mm. And this or is status, my- position, all of that. Yeah, that's Barack right. Obama, that's right. Is-
2: But hey, absolutely. On,
0: you- Again, though, you are giving advice, which is great. But we're giving advice to those who are already in a position of power. But to get to that position of power, it's it's almost like you can't. So if you if so, if it, someone of power said, "Look, I'm sorry, we really want to do this, but we can't." A, a father can say that in family. The CEO of Yamaha, I used to work, he could say that, but you a politician can't say that because they say, "But, but, but, state daddy will do it for me." Mark McGowan said he will, and they just go over there, and 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 Daniel Andrews or State Daddy wins.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, look, absolutely, it's true. It's true. Um- have we reached a critical mass of people that just don't understand or not capable of understanding or just don't care about the future? Maybe, but, you know, um, I'm prepared to try my best. Um, yeah, politically, it's it's very hard, yeah, because, <clears throat> you know, a lie and free stuff, you know, gets around the world for the truth and responsibilities put its pants on, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's it's true is that if maybe that's where we're at, um, um, but I, I do think there are people out there who do have the money and the power to, to take a bit more responsibility and case in point, you know, uh, especially older wealthy conservatives, you know, like mm. if you've already owned your house, you know, mm. I'm pretty sure Tony Abbott would have mm. savings,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, own his house for him to really sort of say, Oh, I don't really understand this. And, um, so I'm just gonna ignore it and probably go away. It's like it's not gonna yep. go away. Yeah. They're Dinosaur. a religion. That, and, and that's what I said to you too. So the, the areas that maybe I can affect some change mm-hmm. is talking to conservatives and say these these arguments that you use to justify not taking responsibility, mm-hmm. they're not they're not empirical. And and they yeah. are, you know, wait till it hits their back pocket. That that argument, um Relies on the the idea that they're going to be able to see the association between the outcome and the and the conditions that you know you you need systematic thinking to to link that up. Um, but what they're going to do, if you really think about, especially especially the woke as a religion as a religious movement, it's like saying, well, when we sacrifice the virgin, the volcano is still fired. So don't you know what I mean? They threw more virgins in. That's what they did. That's, That's right. They're going to double yeah. down. They're going yeah. to double down. The lights will go off and they say, oh, it's because we're killing yeah. through, you know, you know, the lights went off in South Australia. Yeah. Did, did anyone care? You know, we can see, um, you know, I, I really try to not be conspiratorial, but, you know, people were damaged by the jab. Are we seeing any mm. reversal on, on their narrative no. about that? No, no. They're going to double down. They're a religious movement. and So, Um. Can you, sorry,
0: is that noisy? Can you hear that? Oh, only a little bit. They're coming to okay. arrest you.
2: Hey,
1: well, can I ask hey, you
0: about that's right. uh, you, when you raise the vaccines? That's an interesting point because uh, in Victoria, they just elected—I um, uh, don't know what to call him anymore—a state daddy Dan. Shall we do that? State daddy for Mark McGowan and daddy Dan for for yep. Daniel. They like yep. him. Uh, now, in his victory speech, he did a non sequitur. He he he. Well. Forget the non-sequitur for a moment. He actually did a double speak. He 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 says we're united. I I I um I govern for all Victorians whilst segregating the unvaccinated, which makes no sense. So he he fought the Nationals and the Liberals. They're all jabbed. We're 90% double dose jab above 18 down here, right? So we're all jabbed pretty much. And he's yet the the very people he claims that he never thinks about are irrelevant to him he says i don't know why they're protesting suddenly he revealed in his his victory speech that they are very high in his mind when he quickly shifted to we all got vaccinated because that we believe in science and the vaccines work and i and i'm here to govern for all victorians because hope is uh, defeats hate he just said to 10 of victorians your when i when i refer to all Victorians. I'm not talking about you. He just divided them while saying he's uniting everyone. And this phenomenon is in the left. This is what I want to ask you about. With the caretaking motive you've described, how do these lefties Hmm. reconcile the clear division and segregation, not just on the vaccine issue, but on many issues, how do they justify that? Whether it's Foxconn employees building iPhones in horrible conditions uh, in Asia, they just, they, they turn a blind eye. Are they in a level
2: of cognitive dissonance? Um, You know, I'm pretty sure I could pick it apart if I had the opportunity to sit down and Talk to Dan Andrews, but I don't. So I'll just—I um, can only theorize. But like I said, social disagreement is pay- painful for them. Look, it's none of this is surprising. Let's delve into where I got these ideas. <laughs> so, and and um, look, it's—I'll give—I'll give you a big thing to chew on, it and your listeners to chew on, but. Um, it's an idea that really shaped, you know, took me to another place of thinking, but it makes a lot of sense, I think. So there's a researcher called Simon Baron-Cohen, not mm. Sasha Baron-Cohen, mm. Simon Baron-Cohen. I'm pretty sure he's a uh, head of psychology, I think at Cambridge or Oxford. Mm. And he and a lot of other researchers have been doing, um, I think for about 10 years, it seems. No, I think he published in about 1999. Um a book which is updating our model of cognitive development mm. um, into a spectrum between empathetic and systematic brains mm. empathetic and systematic brains and so he actually wrote down so he 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 came up with this this idea that autism is an extreme systematic brain mm. um, because you're so he loosely defines it as a feminine type empathetic brain and a male type systematic brain. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say every man and woman, it's a distribution. It's a distribution, but there is, but he said that on the empathetic type of brain, you'll find that more women are tilted towards the empathetic bias than men and more men are tilted towards the empathetic. So the systematic bias than women. Yeah. simple it's you know whatever it is a 60 40 or 70 30 distribution or whatever yeah. and uh you know and and i always think about this as like you've got the balanced brain types he, he's he's put it in the spectrum of like five brain types you've got a balanced brain type where empathetic empathizing systematizing mm. is balanced then you've got slight tilting and then you've got extremes
3: mm.
2: now i always think to explain this as the extreme empathetic brain. You know, think of two two um, cartoonish characters. You know, you've got the the social butterfly lady yeah. that can't read a map, <laughs> yeah. and you know she can. She's verbally um, um, very developed, but but in terms of rotating structures in her mind it's not really yes. going to happen yes. and and that's another thing to another related to this you know empathetic systematic thing you've got the the wordsmiths and the shape rotators you know yes. what I mean? yes. and then on the systematic type brain you've got imagine imagine the really uh socially awkward slightly autistic guy you know who wears sandals and socks and and sweatpants, you know and he's just like a bit of a social outcast but he could go mm-hmm. back and Sydney's garage and build an aeroplane. The thing that there's a lot of discussion in recent years about to what degree this overlaps with the political left and the political right is the feminine caretaking, empathetic brain type and the masculine systematising, capitalising brain type. Mm. Once again, we're all on a spectrum. We're all a balance of these things. Yeah. But when you really delve into those archetypes, and you think, okay, well, empathetic brains—if your—if your brain is really geared to empathize—and that is, empathizing is defined as—I um, uh, think it was something like—I um, I mean, I get all these papers, these papers, and I just skim skim through them and just see where they're heading with the stuff. Um, the the ability to identify emotional states in other people and respond with with appropriate emotion and that as well. Um, and I think that that, that it, bias towards empathising is what gives rise to the fact that social disagreement and social conflict and competition is, is emotionally painful to them. Um, whereas if you're more systematic, it's you're more emotionally blind, you know, and that's where we get those, those reciprocal blindnesses from, you know. Um, so if you think, okay, yeah, look, the labor party is always saying what well, they they said what well, we're going to give out free tampons or something so yep. you know it free might sound like caps,
0: free tampons yeah
2: yeah you know so that that's that's the women and children package <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean you know you might you know, people call me crazy for saying is there is there some truth to this sort of feminine empathetic left wing and masculine systematic right wing but it's it's written all everywhere
0: And the liberals said, "We're going to get the budget under control and restore the health system."
2: Yeah, well, the liberals are trying to play their game as well. You know, um, they're they're trying to position themselves as you know, a lot of them are even centre left now. Yeah, Um, they they won.
0: They won big. The centre lefts in Victoria. Yeah, they went up. Everyone else went backwards. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. And so, um, when Dan Andrews says, "Well, I govern for all Victorians," uh, but not those people. Yeah, you, yeah you're, seeing a, you're seeing a contradiction between the word all and, and the fact that he's willing to exclude a certain group because those people are part of the all. But logic is a system, so don't expect them to be consistent. <laughs> if, they, if they're blind to systems, they're not going to pick that up. Um, but he's you, know, you see them as a religious movement. It's like, well, all the people, he, he's, they're not talking to conservatives. They're not talking to you. Ma- I, or- I, look, I'm just, I'm, I'm frustrated
0: because if you, if we want to embrace the left, compassionate caretaking approach, okay, just for a moment, fine, let's go full caretaker. Well, then let's care about refugees, okay? Let's care about the unvaxed. Let's care about the vaxed. Let's care about them all, okay? If we're going to do, if we're going to paint the town red, let's paint the town red. But they're not. That's my problem.
2: What? What do you mean? Sorry.
0: If you're going to, we've been talking for an hour or whatever about. The systems versus the caretaking and 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 having a good balance and cooperation hmm. all i'm pointing out is that even if they're correct even if we just go full caretaking we need to do it properly if we're going to build a society that governs for all then it means all it means the liberal voters it means the oh, absolutely it absolutely. means the si- systematic people as well as the caretaking absolutely. people. absolutely it, all means all. So it frustrates me, the, the hypocrisy frustrates me, because a world where it was all just caretaking and socialist utopia, to me, sounds better than what we're actually getting, which is a fake version of caretaking. We're not actually getting caretaking. Sure,
2: sure. But if you, if you see them as a religious movement, we're the heretics if we didn't get the backs. So you're not, you're not they say, you know, yeah, we're a religion for all people, but those people are not people. Exactly, that's, that's what good. they're that's that's what they're doing. They're just saying, "Well, they're the heretics. They're they're the devil worshippers. They're they're outside." And and the thing is, too, and you, and so I'm just deciding where to go. If you look at mm. if if it's true that human beings can develop along a spectrum from empathizing to systematizing, mm. what I see is that there's been this there's been this whole thing that an arms race between those two strategies. And you look at Aristotle logic Mm. um and, and every time there's a there's a an increase in one in the arms race of one strategy the you know the reciprocal bolsters its ranks as well and fights back and so you've kind of gone like aristotle's logic traditional religion um you know and they keep sort of fighting each other so is is um is traditional religion so like uh judaism christianity islam marxism Mm. post-class freedom Mm. from laws of nature post-race post-white post-male post-gender post-truth post-modernism are these all just the long arc of social technologies created by the empathy brains
3: oh wow that's deep social
0: Social technology is created by the empathy brains. Yes, but, okay.
2: Expressions I'm having a of go, their strategy.
0: Uh, yeah, but I'm having a go at your definition of the core definition of the caretaking versus the systematic spectrum because the caretakers are not being caretakers, but the systematics oh, so, are so, being systematics.
2: So it, to, for me to put it down in a political language, I talked about caretaking capitalising. Yeah. Because that, that seems to encapsulate, um, that was me sort of boiling down, you know, yeah. how we can sort our different political policies. Is this going to take care of people? Is this going to capitalize? But the spectrum psychologically is empathetic versus systematic.
0: Empathetic, systematic. But it seems to me that it's...
2: <laughs> so, it's so what I was saying is when Dan Andrew goes, okay, I'm, I'm for all, all Victorians, but not those guys who, yeah. who upset our empathetic Social yep. consensus herd agreement. <laughs> yes, it's, it's like a religion just saying, well, we're for all people. What about those people who don't not party? Well, they're not people. It's, it's a religious movement because it's still a, it's a uh, expression of the empathetic strategy, empathetically brained strategy.
0: You see, I'm wondering why my brain is struggling so hard to accept this just pure religious crazy stance. It just makes no sense to me. I don't understand how that can exist.
2: <laughs> You're a libertarian, so you'd be a high systematizer, um, and it's. But, but look, this is this is why what I want to try and do myself. This is the the responsibility that I can take. Is look, I'm not saying I have all the answers or anything, but I think I think there's something to this. I've been thinking about this for quite a few years, and and I think if we can use these kind of insights to forward. A conservative understanding of what's really going on and how they actually think, then maybe we've got a chance to to try and talk to them mm. and, and come to some sort of cooperation. Um, but they're they're an empathetic herd. That's why leave? you know. Yeah, go go. Well, I mean, that, that's why you say you know um, you, you upset the herd, you're the bad guy. They 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 stampede away from you or they stampede at you. It's um, because to, to have somebody's. If your brain is really tilted towards empathizing, empathizing with somebody else's opinion that's different to yours is going to be painful, and that's what you see. Can
0: you take us a bit into what you just said about a herd? Okay, so these are just early thoughts I'm having about uh, diffusion of identity and responsibility into groups rather than individuals. Can you help me think through this? These people... Talking to them on an individual level, you've said, is, is a very different from talking to the left at scale, talking well, to because, caretakers, empathizers at scale.
2: Yeah, because you you have the opportunity to hook into the fact that their brain is more empathetically tuned. So, you know, say if you've got someone who, it, what it means is that they're very susceptible to your emotional state. Yeah. And so when you say, the look, go, go and watch a whole bunch of, Women disagree with each other.
3: Yeah.
2: Now, I completely understand where you're coming from. I totally get that. Yeah. You know, you are so right to feel that way. Yeah.
0: Well, wow. <laughs> take me there. You
2: know? <laughs> you know. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I totally. It, it's unfortunately, you know, this may be the outcome, but we're gonna do our best. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Imagine, you know what I mean? So, so um you could tell them you, you could tell them the truth but you've just got to do it as though you're really validating your emotions yeah
0: that was powerful but but i want to I want you to get your advice on this idea mm. of group versus individuality though what does okay. a left a left whether it's just gentle left caretaking, which you know, is reasonable or to the more extreme left or or the empathetic or or, or whatever, that side of the spectrum, how do they see themselves in the world? Is there something to this um, group identity slash individual identity on the, on the conservative side?
2: Sorry, could you, I don't quite understand
0: what you mean. I'm curious the way that you talk to someone on the left, especially uh, on on twitter i shouldn't really just use twitter but just in in general they talk in terms of we like using our political leaders like mark and daniel and anastasia and so on there's a sense of we this is the this is the state that we there's a an appeal to the group all the time and and they're they're an empathetic herd yeah the herd thing so do they Mm. see themselves so when you imagine yourself your personal identity your place in the world I see myself as an individual within herds and some herds are good, some are bad, whatever. Okay. But I feel like maybe they see themselves as a function or a part of a herd primarily, not as an individual.
2: Uh, Herds versus packs.
0: Well, what does that mean? Aren't they the same thing?
2: No. So a herd is uh, once again, you can listen to psychologists talk about herd morality. Um, herd strategy: You look at like a b- bunch of zebras; they sort of gather around for strength in numbers. Yes. Um, you know the zebras. You know the lion might go, "Oh, there's a weak zebra. I'll, t- I'll take that one out." But they keep moving around. Yep. They can't really distinguish any individual from the herd. So yes. it's a safety. It's a safety in numbers strategy. Yes. Whereas a pack is, um, we're all cooperative individuals coming together for this common goal. Clearly
0: identifiable, not lost in a. Uh,
2: well, yeah. it's all more so that like the weakest link in the chain is a danger to the pack. So packs yep. tend to. I'm not. I'm not advocating this, but I'm just trying to explain. I think, is yep. that um, you, you know, like I said, uh, conservatives, if they 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 could possibly capitalize to the point that people get left behind. Well, that's mirrored yes. in a pack of saying, that's "Well, you're pack. the weak." Yep. Um, a pack, a pack is quality over quantity as heard, is heard as quantity over quality oh wow so I, I, that, that's another reason why i would really love it if we never heard the the collectivist versus individualist thing ever again because it's why? it's um because the reality of the world is that collectives always overwhelm individuals if you're trying to be an individual it's only um It's only a product of a very wealthy society with a robust rule of law that you can be a libertarian individual. What you actually need to be is a cooperative in a a pack, where you're looking at cooperative individuals. But it's still a form of collective. Um, Right. There are no. If you get rid of the rule of law, there are no individuals. Um, The left. The left knows this very much, Um, and so they act as a as a empathetic social consensus. To, to, to varying degrees, wishful thinking um, herd. And they go for a strength in numbers, quantity over quality strategy, whereas whereas right-wingers tend to dissolve themselves, and you saw this in the freedom movement, down into mm. packs. Mm. packs, um, And that's why they purity spiral because they they go, well, we, we have a quality over quantity pack mentality. Mm. And if you don't meet our ideological requirements, we're going to purity spiral you out of here. Mm. And that actually needs to stop if you want to form a political base.
0: How do you um, stop the purity spiral when that's the foundation of a pack mentality?
2: You become um, a herd. Well, no, look, I'm just hoping that, that, like I said, because of the, the, the more tendency to be tilted slightly towards the systematic form of thinking, yeah. um, I'm hoping that I can, that that. We can explain these things to conservatives. I don't think you're going to explain these things to, to left-wingers. I think that they need to be spoken to emotionally and they need to be validated. And, you know, I, I'm very – I don't want people left behind either. So I'm very happy to try and work towards the utopia that they want, well, not in the way they want and not at the pace mm-hmm. they want. But, you know, ultimately, like I'm happy that, that you know, we've got a wealthy modern society that has a robust safety net and think That's cool. Um, but you just need to define the limits. You need to define the limits and where there is a limit, you know, we need to speak empathetically to them. But in terms of conservatives,
3: mm.
2: you know, a lot of the people in the freedom movement are not necessarily conservative, And I'm talking to, yes. to conservative people worth talking to who are yeah. really, who are intellectual, who are like, you know, it's just trying to say, look, there's a lot of information out there to shine a light on how these people think and we should readjust for an optimum strategy.
0: Yeah, that's and that what stra- I'm that, hoping that's
2: straight.
0: Yeah. Okay. So would you should we consider PAX as, as uh, a better choice than herds? Because my, my impression of herds is blind, not good, can be led over a cliff.
2: The, the thing is, I I don't know if you're you you're not gonna talk them out of it. You're not gonna talk them out of what they want. Um I think ultimately the question is, do we have enough people to rise above with the, um, the personality type, the intelligence, the, the power? The, do, we, do we have enough to create an aristor- arist- aristocratic class of people who see this from the top down enough to set limits on people and, and enforce cooperation? And I'm not so t- talking about forcing how people should live their lives but being forced to do a positive is very different from power used to stop people doing a negative to other people and that that should be the rule of law um thou shalt not you know yeah. the thou shalt is up to you how you choose to live your life that's fine that's a free society but you cannot x do we do we have the people Do we have and thanks for helping me discover this question? Do we have the people out there to form an aristocratic class who can look at all this information from the top down and say, "Well, what's the bigger picture? The bigger picture is cooperation, and if we need to pull people into cooperation, we need to be defining the limits of reciprocity, and the law needs to uh, reflect that." So, so as an example, as an example. You know, like like I said, we wanna we wanna give people what they want, but what's the cost? Mm. And so how a question that would be interesting to to pose to leftists that can that want to engage with it is how do you propose to earn what you want? How do you wanna earn so you know if I was talking to a center left reasonable person? But like I said, I think it's the it's the extreme left. It's it's the woke. It's the real Marxists that are unreasonable, and and when you get the centre left, and so what I'm thinking of is that, you know, if we talk about the five spectrums of brain sort of thing, the extreme, the because he, the way he he said it was like extreme empathy empathetic bias, balanced, systematic bias, extreme systematic bias. You know what I mean? It's the extremes that are really blind to each other. But in the center, you might, it's just a cognitive bias. It's the way your brain kind of is naturally tilted. So you're like, yeah, I do really feel that empathetic need of people, but I'm not blind to systematizing. You know, I'm not blind. A lot of people are in the middle. So if I was going to talk to those people who were actually reasonable you say, okay, you you know, you're not blind to the effects of what you want. You just had this bias towards wanting to caretake people. Um, how do you propose to earn that? And I would say, like I said at the start, the real cancer is the woke theory that differences oppression. Mm-hmm. So what I would like to propose to, to reasonable leftists is, okay, you want redistribution, you want caretaking, you want all these sort of things. How about you pay for it with
3: gratitude? How about we, you
2: say?
0: What's gratitude? What do you mean?
2: Grat- gratitude, gratitude would be okay, uh, thank you to the people that pay all the tax that provide this social safety net.
0: I feel like there's a flaw in your, your system here. The reasonable, le- our world is so rich and comfortable, and there's so much excess, so much surplus. Value, mm. as Marx would say that the the world is tilted systemically in favor of the reasonable left because they they can easily say gratitude, how to pay for it. There is enough fat in the system, Rob. There is enough ridiculous profits over there at the mining companies who don't pay the whatever. You know, there's enough for them to point to f- forever.
2: Yeah, so once again, they're like the Dan in with all the ki- with all the women in his bed being like, well, I don't need to be grateful because I've got the systems of power. So if, if we were in a, ever in a position to bolster the conservative strategy or even the libertarian say, I'd like to see um and once again I can define the limits between libertarians I like and libertarians I don't like. <laughs> I'd like the libertarians I do like to pair up with the conservatives that I like and form you know a cohesive strategy there. Once again, I'm talking about how to create social cohesion. Once we're in a position to, yep. to of power, you know that's what Dan's done. He's like, okay, I've got the power. So what I actually need now is for you to calm down and submit to my rule. If we we're ever in that position, I would say uh, this is what I'd probably how I'd talk to the left and say, okay, you know, just because people have profits doesn't mean they're ridiculous. Profits not ridiculous. If um, Uh, we're not in a position to do that now, but I'm saying if we're in that damn position to say, how do I get these people to calm down and say, all right, we'll give you what you want, but you've got to, you've got to acknowledge that it is a kindness because that acknowledgement, I think is probably a way to stop you subsidizing dependence and creating more of them into the future. That's the
0: systemic, that's the systemic bias I'm referring to. Yeah. Subsidizing and creating it. Yeah.
2: So, um, I would I would like to see that I would like to see that where people go you know like even reasonable leftists i mean and i'm not in a position of power to get it now but I'd, li- I'd yeah. love to see that where they said okay you know people work hard um, and, and they may, may run a successful business you know saying saying that a business has ill-gotten profits maybe they do but mm. but they tend to lump them all into the same category that any profit is ill-gotten um, so yes, if, if you, if you're looking at and saying that all these ill gotten profits, well, it's my righteous, um, right that you should give some of that back to me. Well, I'm putting that idea back in the work category where it's like you're being oppressed, you know, well, you're not oppressed because somebody runs a successful business. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you actually talk to a leftist that isn't going to demonize profit in and of itself, you'd say, okay, mm-hmm. well, people run businesses, we tax them, provide a safety net. How about you praise your society, you praise those people that allow that to happen because that praise, it's its like the um, like the Alcoholics Anonymous thing. Yes. What you acknowledge
3: yeah.
2: is going to set your direction for the future.
3: Mm.
2: And so you acknowledging that this is a kindness is actually going to hopefully be, uh, it would possibly, in a hypothetical, be an Achilles heel to the woke mentality of saying, well, you know, we have to have this overhaul of the system because it's corrupt. It's not corrupt. People are actually helping you. You know they don't uh, and and under natural law say it's not necess- it's not necessary that profits are real gotten so they don't owe you mm. it's a kindness that your society gives you I,
0: I, I like I like what you're suggesting of course and I want that too but mm. um, you know if you think about grievance politics and you think about even Marxism itself doesn't actually stand for much like it, it stand it is literally a criticism of an existing system it's not. Yeah, so much a, a presentation of a well thought out alternative system. You know, socialism came afterwards. Anyway, uh, mm. hey, I'll, I have one last question for you, which I'll tell you about before I do an ad for our cool Christmas boxes. Uh, my last question would be to about uh, considering everything we've talked about this, the idea of establishing a new aristocracy to to do what you've said, um, and even just. Um, strategies for conservatives and cooperation the whole conversation we've had i'm wondering if you can think about if there are any examples of that today that are doing it well whether that be political leaders nations places uh, industries um parts of culture is there anywhere where you're seeing some of these more noble things we've talked about actually doing it well in the world today and we can look to it as an example but where did we meet Twitter but hang don't, I'm gonna do an ad first for a box so okay you think, go for think it, about sure. think about your answer um this is the discernible box it's a USB uh it's we've we've handmade these I've handmade these and in there is a USB with 30 conversations all of our town halls flying out the door before Christmas order these at teamhuman.au uh very good time capsule for incredible conversations like this one uh once they're gone they're gone took months to make them I'm not making any more hey uh yes That's amazing. But, what is what is um your thoughts there? Is anyone anywhere doing this well?
2: Yes. Um we met on Twitter because I stopped being banned. <laughs> and people were you could banned it. and then unbanned or something? Um look, should- I I um I could tag people directly under my posts and then private message them and say no, I didn't see it.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah.
2: Um and then there was a little thing saying, you know, like you can type your your handle into this website, and it's like, yeah, your shadow ban reply. Oh, yeah, blah, yeah, blah blah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I could I can type into Facebook on my old political page, and as soon yeah. as I say the word COVID or injection, it deletes what I'm saying. Mm. L- like li- literally, um, it just goes, oh, an error occurred, and it reloads the page. It's like it's it's pretty weird. Like it's pretty crazy, you know. Like if I actually want to get a post out on Facebook. Um, and I'm sure it's hidden as hell, but um, you, I actually have to, not on my personal Facebook, on my, my old yeah. election one, yeah. I have to type it up in my notes, paste, post, you know, and then, <laughs> and then maybe I'll get through, you know, before it sees it. Um, it's, it's crazy. So, look, there's two. Uh, the Elon Musk is doing a great job, great job, and he's not, he's not a champion for, conser- for, you know, for no. conservatives specifically. He's just saying... There needs to be essentially a rule of law mm. um, around the the public space for mm. for discussion, and that's what his goal is. I think it's fantastic. You know, you need to have that competitive market of ideas there, and he's happy to to enforce that. Now, unfortunately, that is intolerable to a lot of the extreme lefties, but that's that's what needs to happen. Um, look. If we really cannot agree on how society should be should be run, these are the two options. Um, we have to separate. And my vote would be: uh, all the conservatives gather in Brisbane, all the lefties gather in Melbourne. Maybe uh, yep. New- Sydney can be a bit of a halfway mix, but I, yeah. I want to fortify Brisbane as yeah. a predominantly conservative. Like you know, let's fortify power in Brisbane. The sun's better. A lot of farmers. Let's yeah. do it. Um, I fear. That uh, Melbourne has fallen socialist. Sydney will, and Brisbane is really getting there because the actually every inner city electorate in Brisbane yes. went green at every level. Like it's just green everywhere. So yeah. interesting yeah. to see what happens there. Um, um, so, ge- geographically, you just
0: raised a good point. Geographically, because of technology, we're so dispersed now. That's what I mean. It's always inner cities are green and then the outers are not. So, it's very difficult to draw a line and say Victoria can go to hell and Queensland will be do, conservative. Do you
2: know why the inner cities are always lefty and the, and the outers are not? Because the city is full of people. So, you've actually just created an empathetic uh landscape. Oh. Whereas outside, you're working on the land, You 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 know, you can't, emotion your way into whether a bridge stays up or not you're you're dealing more with empirical reality living more so once again that that uh slightly you know you call it maybe masculine brains a systematic conservative type you you find them in situations where they're facing an empirical reality whereas the the lefty feminine empathetic type you know they find them in social landscapes Mm. Um, so you know once again there's so many when I started really getting this, like you see it everywhere, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, but geographical separation, I would love to see that because, you know, once again, like you said, it's like a dysfunctional marriage. So We really can't agree on what our values are. We just can't. So um, to summarise this chat, I guess what, you know, what I'm, I'm putting forward is like you can't talk to them the way that we have been. And conservatives are unorganised. We, it's not going to, it's not, they're not going to learn when it hits their back pocket. They're not going to sort themselves out. They're not going to go away. They're not all going to turn conservative after they hit 30 and get mortgages and families. No, they're going to create a religion and a religious structure that enables their strategy. They'll, you know, um, and they'll double down on double it. So we need to change the conservative strategy. And And I've got a lot of examples of where conservatives need to be a bit smarter, a bit more clued into how to talk to them, how they think, what's really going on. So I'd love to bolster the conservative strategy to be more effective um, so that we can hopefully create enough of a power base to incentivize some cooperative talks, so to, to, to incentivize, like, okay, you want this, how can we cooperate to get these things happening? Whereas we're so unorganised, so ineffectual, and we keep talking past them that they just steamroll us. Um, Not many conservatives have the ability to articulate these ideas the way that I do, Um, and so I want to try and spread that. Um, If if we really, like you said, it's it's a dysfunctional marriage. If we really cannot agree on on cooperation and where our values overlap, maybe we've got to separate. Maybe we actually need geographical separation because separation and cooperation um, is quite productive. You know, we see this internationally. Um, I'm a favor of nationalism of every person defining how they want their society to run and then cooperating across borders is that old saying you know like if, if trade doesn't cross borders then armies will so you can cooperate productively from a distance that would be ideal too but you know um if neither of these these situations can be achieved then it might just be top-down oppression of socialism until it falls over and it will or it might be conflict. Who knows? I, I really don't want either of those. Um, so that's, that's what I'm thinking is is just trying to wise up conservatives so that we become a bit more effectual.
0: Uh, okay. And the only place you see that being done really well right now is, is Twitter. You know- Twitter.
2: Look, Gina, Gina did scratch the surface when she said, I want reciprocity. I want yes. reciprocity. You cannot besmirch my my name and take my money. Um, now, I'm sure there are other ways. I don't I don't trust Gina because of that thing years ago about trying to import um, foreign workers for ridiculously cheap. I don't know her from a bar of soap. Um, whether she has good intentions or she's just a runaway capitalist, I don't know. But in saying you can't take my money without you know, acknowledging me favorably. That at least is insisting on some level of reciprocity and I'd love to see that from more people who are conservative with money. Um, But really, look, the only person, I mean, that's what Trump was about, is Trump was saying, I'm going to stand up for the American people. I'm going to stand up for our national identity so that other people have to basically stop robbing our bank and that they actually have to be brought into cooperation with us. so, Trump was the last one. Elon Musk, to be honest, is the only person at the moment, I think, who's doing, who has the power at that scale and is doing something positive. Um, but I think that's the model. That's the model is that somebody needs to step up, take responsibility. We need to take responsibility at the scale we can and support what they're doing. We, you know, if we, we have some ability to organize socially, to create even small groups, that say, this is what we want you elites to do. And when you do it, we'll be your base. Um, but that's somebody needs to take responsibility. Somebody needs to step up and enforce the rule of law, enforce cooperation, enforce dialogue.
0: From a cultural perspective, so this is more of a long-term play, I'm seeing green shoots form in culture, in music and in in comedy, uh, in Australian comedy too, and in the arts, just the creative pursuits. I'm starting to see some of that old-school leftism, uh, what do you call it, like... um, uh, suspicion of, of structures and criticism of big superstructures, which are all now dominated by the left. Some of this new, I don't know what they are, new left, new right, I don't know, but some of these creative types are actually starting to, they've, they've been some of the most most outspoken people with platforms in Australia and around the Western world throughout the COVID season, have mm. been some of these actors the minority, yes, and it's going to take 10, 20 years for this to work its way through, but mm. that's really encouraging to me.
2: Mm. Look, um, maybe I'd have to look at a specific example, but, but what's going on there are people, look, the COVID thing is pretty brutal, what they did to people. It was really brutal. I mean, I lived through it. It was a brutal couple of years for me, um, and so I'm not surprised that some people, even if they're leftists in every other way, go, well... That's pretty brutal, you know. Mm,
3: it's,
2: mm. it's kind of, but once again, think about it as the religion, you know, that people might might um um subscribe to the faith, yet not really sure about the witch burnings, you know. Like I, yeah, I, but people just,
0: like Sushi Mango, for example, right? Yeah. They are undermining the whole thing we the bad stuff we've been talking about. They are undermining it sneakily and getting into the TikToks of a lot of culture.
2: Yeah, well, look great right um you know we should support them the other thing i'll say about christianity too is i don't there's definitely um christianity is a mix of empathizing and systematizing too because when you see Mm -hmm. men latch on to christianity they love the hierarchy of it they love going Mm -hmm. there's an order giver there's rules blah 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 blah. They, they, they love the pack mentality of it i've got yeah god's the big guy you know what i mean so i don't i don't want to just sort of write it off as Sorry, my back. Yep. There we go. I don't want to write it off as, as only leftist because it's not. Mm. And, and and people are going to say to me, are oh, you going to call it as part of a leftist arc of empathetic stuff? I'm like, well, it's not only. Mm. And so any structure that's going to be as popular as Christianity is going to have to capture lots of different people. Mm-hmm. And so religion, yeah, religion itself, it, it is a balance of these two things in a way. There is definitely a structural element. But what I'm saying is that there is an, um, an empathetic element where, um you, which you can't deny, which they anthropomorphize systems, you know, the the mm. they, the the universe needs a consciousness. Mm. And 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 that's another key too is when you look at leftists and stuff they say they anthropomorphize natural phenomena. And so well scarcity, you must be doing that to me. There must be a consciousness behind it. God must mm. be forsaking me or you must mm. be doing this to me. So it's, 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 it's a mix of both of those things, but I still think that there is um something to once again, these different social technologies of the empathy brains and definitely Marxism and that sort of thing as being one of them. But even if you talk about Marxism as a power structure, as a power, Machiavellian power strategy, that can also be the men coming along and systematizing it into a strategy as well, mm-hmm. a hierarchical strategy. But anyway, I just wanted to clarify that because people are going to say, oh, you can't, Christianity is not just empathetic. Okay, yeah, it's fine. I, I agree, but... <laughs> It's, it's very complex. Our, it's, a big, viewers, it's a big concept.
0: Our viewers are very good. They're very good at hearing yeah. me talk to you today. And then tomorrow I'm interviewing a Daniel Andrews Labor Minister.
2: Wow, cool. Yeah.
0: And so they'll hear him talk about how great the Labor Party is tomorrow. So
2: Great. Can we're, I, we're can to, I yeah. say my piece then?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so well,
2: about about this, this COVID thing is... You, you, you tend to get, they, they write, oh, you're just an anti-science kooker, blah, 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 blah. No. When that happened, when all that happened, I went, okay, this thing's got a 98% survival rate. I'm in my 30s. I'm reasonably fit. I think I'm going to be at least in the top 50%. So I think, you know, yep, it's fine for me. Um, then when they said they're going to rush this thing and I went, oh, okay, and they said, oh, it's new technology. I saw Robert Malone saying this is a novel technology to put in a jab. It's, you know, it's different to traditional vaccines, blah, blah, I went, okay. Well, <laughs> I saw it as me doing my due diligence to just say they can get it wrong. People can get it wrong. So when it first came out, I said, I want two years. I want two years because anything that will come out, it's going to come out probably will within two years. You know, And look. When it first came out, I said, I've never been anti-vaccine, um, but with this one, I want to wait two years. Mm. And, and then they try and force it on you. And I went, "Nah, sorry, no, something else is going on here. That's not cool. So what happened was is I had a completely opposite cost-benefit analysis of the situation. That was my self-interest. That's my incentive. And they try to steamroll my – and because I understand this whole thing about herds and the religious movement and the empathy brains and stuff, it turned out that me expressing my self-interest and my cost-benefit analysis of the situation made me a bad person and I knew Mm -hmm. exactly what was going on. You need social consensus. You need herd consensus because that's what emotionally feels good for you. That's what cognitively works with you, but that's not the reality of it. And that's when I, I looked at this and was like, well, you that's what's driving you is the need for social consensus, not not science that it's going to be particularly beneficial to me. And then they say, Oh, you need a the messaging kept. So if I'm talking to someone reasonable, on what basis you, you know, you say, Oh, it stopped transmission, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, you're saving old people. Well, why don't they isolate? You know, I've always been like, if you want, you go get 10 jabs if you want. You isolate if you want. But I couldn't go run myself small business for people who chose to, in front of people that chose to, you know, with a, with a clientele of people that chose to also participate. So once again, so how does that make me, you know, if, if someone's reasonable, I put out the open question, how does that make me, you know, anti-science by just saying that I think my cost-benefit analysis is this and you cannot prove it's not provable that I'm putting any cost on anyone else whatsoever.
0: It's because you're talking about science and they're talking about the science, TM, trademark.
2: That's right, because they're acting from the, an emotional need for herd consensus. But that's why I didn't get it. And then, and then I went, you know what, I, I know that we've had this whole communist thing for 60 years through the institutions. And so I went, well, no, like you can redistribute a lot of things to society. You know, okay, I pay my tax. I think we pay way too much tax. I think they're not even grateful for it. I think there's no indication that they're not going to keep growing the amount of people who require handouts because cognitively it makes them feel good. It's not, it's not a means to an end for them. It is the end mm-hmm. to be caretaking because it lights up their brain in the same way that running a successful business lights up my brain and makes me feel good. Them giving to needy and finding more people to give to makes them feel good. So it's not going to stop. And so I went, no, I, I, know, I know the factors at play here, so I'm not going to participate in it. I dug my heels in. But, um, yeah, if someone's reasonable, I put that as a question out to the interwebs. Tell me when you cannot prove that I was a threat. Like I, I, if I was ever sick, I was hap- I, I never got sick, actually. I had COVID. And it was the big, biggest nothing burger of my life. I slept it off in two days. But you cannot prove that I'm a risk or a threat to anyone else's self-interest or, or incentives at all so you know i let me know if somebody if somebody can tell me you know but we know we know it's just the emotional need for herd consensus unfortunately
0: robin McMullen, you've given us <clears throat> so much to chew, chew over our brains like a buffet it i'm telling you i Sorry. interview so broadly uh and 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 the academics and all and all sorts some of the most amazing uh, uh brain food has come from people like yourself some of the just uh, small business owners of, you know, sports stars, musicians, all sorts of different walks of life. They're not necessarily epidemiologists or professors or whatever. You guys seem to somehow give us a lot to to chew on. And, and the more expert I go, the people become kind of narrow and one track minded and they kind of forget a lot, you know. They become yeah. blind, well,
2: blinded. That's that's because, you know, I think if you're a curious person like me who who likes learning, I, I love just and my, you know my brain just always like how does that work how does that how does that fit together and so the i will be interested in taking psychological research and wondering how it fits into politics whereas if you're an expert and you specialize you wouldn't do that exactly. and so it's finding patterns across disciplines you know i think is quite powerful but look and i'm sorry if i go on too much too like i you know You you have to keep me on track.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you shouldn't apologize. You should just own it. Uh, I think people Uh, like it. Hey, if people want to follow you uh, and hear more of your thoughts, where should they go?
2: I'm investing in Twitter. I'm supporting Elon. Don't worry about Facebook, Telegram, all that stuff. Just get me on Twitter. Ask me a question. Chat. If you abuse me, I'll block you. (laughs)
0: Cool. One of the best one of the best Twitter followers I have. All right, I'll put the link to your Twitter account, The McMullen. I'll put that in the uh, in the links to this episode wherever it appears.
2: Really thank appreciate you- it. And let's hope that we can find a cooperative future.
0: I'm skeptical, but I'm at least going to help amplify voices calling for it. So I'm thank skeptical,
2: you for- but let's let's hope we can get there. Because you know what? I I'd love to have my country back. I would love to feel like my countrymen respect me and i respect them we have each other's best interests at heart and that's we're losing that very quick so let's let's fight for that eh? thank
0: you very much that was rob mcmullen everyone see you later